We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, what's going on? Wednesday, October the 26th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show. Officially, officially, we are live here on this hump day. And I'm very excited because I used to cover the U of SC Gamecocks. Now we are officially talking, officially, officially, the U. S-C, Gamecocks. Folks, what a hot start of the day. Appreciate you all tuning in. I see Travi, uh, Todd Smith, Austin Moore, Brendan uh, Gad, Stephen Borwell Jr., John Edward, Cocky Twan, Chuck Chase. What's going on? Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord. Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. Uh, guys, before we really get, really get rolling, of course, I want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks because the Daily Crow is brought to you by our friends at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or go to PricePicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS. You're going to receive 100% deposit match up to $100 with our friends at Price Picks. And then, guys, you can bet on literally anything and everything. So many of our listeners and fans at TSUS and the Daily Crow have made so much money with our friends at Price Picks. Everything from college sports, pro sports. They get they whatever you want, they got it. NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, uh, you name it, they got it, guys. Of course, again, that's prizepicks.com or go download the app and use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. I do apologize. My brain like broke during that ad read for whatever reason. Um, guys, the phone lines are closed right now. We got my good friend Anthony Treesh. Of Pro Football Focus, he will be joining us in about three minutes or so. So I'm going to keep the phone lines closed until we get him out of here. Uh, also, I do want to say this, man. Thank you all so much for the love and support on the merchandise side of the business, specifically the Beamer Ball towels. I've spent all morning packaging towels, and I've still got like 50 orders to go to get these out and get these delivered to you guys by kickoff on Saturday it's incredible, man. I mean, obviously the the momentum of the business and everything, and obviously winning is fun, right? Winning is good for business, as we all know. But uh, we had by far the most towel orders we've ever had come through since Saturday. I mean, the sales have been incredible. It's been Beamer Ball to the moon, TSUS to the moon, the merch to the moon, and everything in between, man. I mean, the merchandise has just been blowing up. 
Uh, and again, like I said, I know winning helps, but it speaks to you guys, your love and support of the show and the business and the brand. And, and uh, yeah, like I said, the, the result we saw on Saturday certainly has helped out the cause, but it's just been incredible, man. I mean, the amount of orders has been, has been crazy. You know, we've, we've kept up a very consistent, solid, steady flow all throughout the season. But, guys, I mean, literally, we've had like over 100 orders come in since Saturday. I mean, it's been absolutely crazy. Uh, we've had some people order 15, 20 towels at a time. Uh, so I just want to say thank you all so much, man. For those who have ordered towels or ordered merchandise, we've sold a ton of merchandise, like I said, um, since since Saturday. And I really haven't dove into numbers uh, unless you're in the Big Cock Club Discord. Uh, I promise you guys, though, I will let you all know exactly how much your support, uh, how much your support has impacted this business at end of year when we sort of do our end of year roundup. Uh, I will let you guys know exactly what those numbers are and just really give you an idea give you an idea of just how successful things have been. And again, it all comes back to you guys. I love to celebrate uh, celebrate these successes with you all. And, and the merchandise side, you know, I tell people all the time when they ask me about the business that over the last year and a half, we'll say two years now almost, uh, that, that has been the biggest game changer in, in regards to business. And, um, you know, it's just really a testament to the support system we built here and the fan base and the following. And uh, can't say thank you enough. Uh, again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. we got a lot to discuss lot to get to get into i see your questions obviously rolling in we will be taking your questions your comments your calls as we sit here on this wednesday of missouri week but first of course guys as always he joins us every single hump day to help us break down the game that was to look ahead of the game upcoming this weekend who better than anthony treesh of pro football focus to help us crunch the numbers anthony appreciate you taking the time man what's going on yeah, well, bear with me. I am battling a little bit with some uh, season allergies, so I sound a little off, but I'm ready to rock, man. I'm excited to talk some Gamecocks football after a big, big weekend. Indeed. Hey, it's like you said, man, tis the season. Also, by the way, Anthony, I want to shout you out because I was thinking of you this morning uh, when I was picking out my hat for the show today. I was like, which hat will most impress impress our good friend Anthony Treese? So I went with the vintage throwback lid, so I, I hope I uh, hope I still have your approval here. One hundred percent. Those are my favorite. I love the style. Yeah, even even got the green bill, man. That's how you know it's a real throwback. That's how you that, know that predates me. So I mean, I'm a big fan of it. Big fan of it. Yeah, for sure. Well, Anthony, let's go ahead and dive into it, man. Uh, obviously, good vibes all around for South Carolina. I've been joking with people that I've been able to take the cigar out of my mouth just long enough to be able to do the segments this week, and why not? You know, a fantastic day, a fantastic night, I should say, at Williams Bryce Stadium, Gamecocks. Get the big 30 to 24 win. And it's so funny, Anthony. I feel like we sat here a week ago talking about special teams and Beamer ball. You know, you wonder how long you can rely on those things. And we thought maybe going in this A&M game, right, there were, uh, there were obviously reasons to feel really good. But it's just one of those things you never know, right? Uh, well, we didn't have to wait long. First play of the game, South Carolina takes it back. A 100-yard kickoff return by Xavier Leggett. How impressed were you and how impressed are you that yet again – week after week after week, it's almost becoming one of those things where you can depend on South Carolina making a big special teams play. I mean, it was shocking. I mean, just the fact that he was able to stay upright throughout that entire thing and take it to the house. I mean, that's, that's it was a dream start for South Carolina. And again, it goes into a lot of things. And, you know, I mentioned last week about how, I think it was last week, talking about, you know, special teams factor and and a lot of it is coaching, I think, more than, you know, more than anything, player talent goes into it, but coaching. Um, but I think we saw right there, player talent kind of, kind of shine and carry the way there because 
I mean, he should have been gone on the ground three or four different times there. So, I mean, it was pretty remarkable. I kind of had the same reaction like everybody else. I saw a quote from Seven, I think, he put out there, uh, just, the, you know, his feeling on it. Um, I mean, it was kind of the same way. It was just, you know, it, I mean, this is everything they kind of needed. And a few plays later, it just kept kept going. And, uh, you know, that's it's not just a in fact of luck. It's a, you know, fact of skill and talent. So, I mean, again, that's something that you want to see down there in South Carolina. It's just – speaks volumes about the way the program's kind of shifted. Now let's move into seven, Anthony. Obviously, uh, you know, every single week, I, I always value getting your insight on Spencer Rattler. And you look at the numbers, 12 of 25, 168 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, though, took care of the football, 55.4 QBR. Am I crazy, though, for feeling much more optimistic watching his performance Saturday night and moving throughout the rest of the season because I feel like he was really close. If not for a couple of drops, I think it's a much different narrative coming in this week. Had a couple of those deep balls again dropped. The one by Jalen Brooks is the one that stands out. Uh, What did you see from Spencer Rattler? Again, I feel like there were a couple of plays on Saturday night where you really look. That was as comfortable as I thought he's looked all season long. And there were a couple of throws he made, Anthony, where I looked at it and said, this is why you wanted him so badly. He put the ball in a position – that I feel like only a handful of guys in college football can do so. What did you take away from his performance? And and am I crazy for feeling like maybe his breakout performance this season is just around the corner after some encouraging signs we saw against A&M? Yeah, you know, so I couldn't watch this game live after that those first few series. And, you know, after going back, I saw the box score, and I was like, man, didn't probably have his best day. And then I went back and watched, and I said, nope, this was by far the best performance of the season. It just doesn't – the box score doesn't show that. And, you look at the PFF grades and it reflects that he had pretty, his highest PFF grade of the season. Um, you know, that's why you should never scout the box score. Go back and watch, look at the advanced stuff, and you'll see he played pretty damn good football. Um, and I thought that was probably the game where, you know, I kept we kept talking about, you know, he needs to play his own game, right? Let him play his own game. Don't force him to play something he doesn't want to play. And he played his own game, I thought. You know, he did have, you know, two – incredible throws that fell incomplete the one at the end of that uh, first half I mean that would have been a I mean kind of the nail in the coffin I think probably would have made this thing a little bit more lopsided um I mean a hell of a throw just some of the stuff that he was able to do kind of outside of the structure of the offense he had a couple of huge throws that were kind of like okay this is this is the rattler that we know right this is the one the rattler that we came um accustomed to when he was at Oklahoma and you kind of saw a little bit in this game um so I mean it's something to be encouraged about right I mean just because, you know, I thought the Kentucky game was a big, big opportunity for him. And, you know, as we talked about, it really wasn't so much him. Um, and, you know, this game was kind of like, okay, you need to show something right now, right? And he did show it. And there's reason to believe, you know, over the next few games, which, I mean, you could say are probably some of the biggest games that, you know, Shane Beaver could have this early on. Because, um, I mean, if you can kind of get off to, you know, keep adding to the streak, I mean, you're going to have some more eyeballs on you and you're going to get a lot of recruits interests. Um, just overall player morale is going to be better and South Carolina deserves it and needs it. So I thought it was overall an encouraging aspect, but the biggest thing was that he played his own game. I thought, right. I mean, he did when the play started to break down, right. He wasn't contained to inside because like I said, you know, I could be wrong here, but it definitely seemed like that had been a, you know, a big point in the coach's room. Like, Hey, you know, you got to stop running outside the pocket, you know, kind of forcing this stuff. You're making things more difficult. Just stay calm, stay composed, be a pocket passer. But, 
you know, he's a guy that thrives when he's on the move, right? That's where he really does excel. And I thought for the first time we saw him kind of do that. I, I don't have the exact numbers, but I do know for a fact that, you know, you look at some of his outside of structure attempts. So when I say outside of the structure of the offense, this is, you know, you're supposed to be a straight drop back, right? But then all of a sudden the play boils down, the pocket gets muddy, um, and you're forced out. He had, I think, five or six of those dropbacks in this game when he had about five or six the entire season up until this point. Um, and that's where you saw a few of those big throws there. So you know, overall, it was a very, very encouraging night. It showed to me that, hey, this he's not broken. Right? He's still got it in him, and he can be a high-level quarterback. And now it's just about piecing it together in the next few games. Anthony, you lead into a point that I wanted to make while you were talking, but you hit the nail on the head, man. I I feel like Spencer Rattler is at his best when he's improvising almost. Like like when he's when he's on the move, like you mentioned, and uh, you obviously don't want him running for his life. And we've been talking about him not being so skittish and not, you know, running from the rush when it's not there. But it does feel like when he's rolling out of the pocket, I just feel like that's when he's making like the biggest plays. That's when those big plays come is when he's getting outside of the pocket, stretching the play out, finding his receivers downfield. Uh, I mean, again, you don't want him to have to improvise on a consistent basis, but I, I don't know when I think of Spencer Rattler's game, I, I kind of think of this quarterback kind of playing backyard football, just making it up as he goes along. And, and typically it works out for him. Exactly. And you're going to have some lows that come with that too. It's just a volatile play style. And, you know, maybe he's never going to be that quarterback that, is just perfect in making that decision of, you know, this is when to, you know, kind of improvise and make a play on your own, or, you know, this is just kind of taking what the defense gives them. Um, just basically, I mean, even in this game, I mean, the biggest, if I had to kind of pick apart what I did see from him, just needs to get the ball out quicker. I mean, there's some plays where you can kind of, you know, see it develop and you're like, okay, you can throw it now, but then it's just, you know, four tenths of a second later, you're just kind of staring at it, trying to get a bigger window. And, you know, when you play some of the, you know, the premier competition, and if you want to talk about it from an NFL perspective, like you can't, you can't live with that method, right? Because that's how, you know, you're not going to see defenders and they can make some plays on the ball, especially at the NFL level, just significantly higher level players, both mentally and physically, um, that can take advantage of that play style. But in college, I think when you're like that, you kind of have to let them do their improvising um, and just let him kind of, go with that method. But again, that's when it comes with the highs and the lows. And that was a problem in Oklahoma, right? Because you had all those high, high level moments, but you still had some of those moments that people like to really pick apart. And again, it kind of goes back to the bigger picture of just people just like to pick on him, right? Just because of everything that he has been, you know, highly regarded with crew, the documentary and all that stuff. Um, you know, so they wanted to pick apart those low moments without focusing on the high. And I think when he got to South Carolina, could be, could be completely wrong, but I do think that it was a, a point to say, hey, you know, we need to make you a different quarterback so you get rid of those low moments. Um, and it was a little bit too safe and conservative, and that's why we were seeing, I would say, our expectations not met. But, again, I think this A&M game, it was a different story where it was kind of, you know, the true Spencer Rattler showing, and we just really didn't see any, I would say, flat-out bad decisions from him. Um, you know, there were that one, of course, the trip stack was an issue. Uh, but overall, it was just – I mean, it was a Spencer Rattler game that, you know, I would have thought I was watching him at Oklahoma. I mean, it was very reminiscent of that. Um, and, again, the box score would have looked significantly better um, if he would have saw a couple of those big-time throws uh, fall completely like they should have. Yeah, Anthony, like I said, now we're, we're going to move off of Rattler because there's a lot of other facets of this football team I want to get to. But I, I just – I have this feeling. I don't know if it's going to come this weekend. 
I don't know if it's going to be Vandy or Florida or, or what, what game it's going to be, but I, I do feel like there's going to be a breakout game for Spencer Atlas. It, it, it's just hard for me to believe that he's going to go throughout this entire season and not have one game in which he will say goes over 300. Like I, I just got to think there's one game where it's all going to click. And, and like I said, that, that, that's what I look at when I look back at that game on Saturday night moving forward is, is I'm, I'm more hopeful and optimistic, I think, than I've been at any point this season that that game, like I mentioned, you know, in the beginning, is just around the corner. And that's obviously the hope uh, because as much fun as it is winning right now, you still feel like obviously offensively there's a lot more in the tank that you're not seeing right now because he hasn't quite had that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. For sure. But, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously Saturday night, uh, Anthony Marshawn Lloyd, 18 carries, 92 yards, 5.1 yards per carry, two touchdowns. I mean, he just continues to be a touchdown machine for South Carolina. Uh, what you saw from him, again, I don't know why, but it took a little while for the Gamecocks to actually get him the football. I think he only had three or four carries in that first half. But another impressive night from Lloyd, and he is very quickly establishing himself as one of the top ball carriers in the SEC. Yeah, for sure. And I think kind of having him take that step forward, because honestly, what we saw from him last year, it wasn't, it wasn't all that encouraging, right? I know a lot of people thought, okay, let's look at Christian Bill Smith, uh, transfer from Wake, maybe he can be the Kenneth Walker. And I think that was very lofty expectations. And I thought if they're going to have a path to rushing success, it's going to be through just fast improvement from Marshawn Lloyd, who was, I mean, again, it was very discouraging at first, but you got to remember young inexperienced player, more reps, more opportunity, you're going to see that improvement. That's typically what you see in the collegiate ranks, and we're seeing it this year. Um, and I, I think, again, I think kind of leaning on him, and I hope throughout the next, you know, the last month or so of the season, we kind of see him take on more of that marquee role. He's getting far more work than any other player. Um, I think that's really what you kind of need in that backfield. But I think the big thing with him is just – you kind of see in those clutch moments, right? And I don't think it's something with him where it's so consistent, but he, he comes out when you need him to, right? He gives you that big run when you need it. A couple of breakaway runs of 15-plus yards for the game. Um, that, I mean, that's honestly my big takeaway there is that he's somebody that you can count and lean on, which I think South Carolina had been missing. Hmm. Now, you look at the receivers. I, I want to talk about them, Anthony. Not, not a lot of conversation this week. The guy I want to focus on, though, Austin Stogner, three catches for 46 yards. We've been kind of been waiting on him to do something. And he appeared to be one of, if not Spencer Rattler's favorite target. Had a really nice contested catch back shoulder on the sideline. What you saw from him. And, again, I, I think this is a guy we've sort of been waiting on that South – or that, that Oklahoma connection, if you will, in Columbia. Uh, and, and that could be something that obviously helps him down the stretch. Because I know Stogner's a guy that you guys are really high on as well. Yeah, I mean, he was a player where, I mean, we came into the season, we're like, look, if he can kind of get back to form, he's going to be one of the best, but it mm -hmm. can't. I mean, that was a big if just because of what he kind of battled there with the, the injury, the staff infection. Ever since then, he just really hadn't been himself that we saw kind of back in 2020 before that injury occurred. Um, but, you know, I think we're starting to kind of see that come to light a little bit. And I think being in an offense too, which that was my biggest takeaway from the receiving unit as a whole is that, you know, entering the year, I looked at this group and we talked about it, is that, you know, there may not be that number one guy with Juice Wells, I thought would be that number one guy, and I think he is. But, you know, I thought this was more of a well-rounded group that was very complimentary of each other. And I think we saw that in this game, just with the, you know, overall share. Um, but this was the one where we saw, okay, Austin Stogner looked a little bit like his old form there, like you said, with that nice uh, catch. But overall, 
I, I think this is something – I mean, really for the offense as a whole, this was a performance where it's like, okay, I don't know if it was – it wasn't perfect, but you at least saw a little bit of something from everyone to be encouraged about, okay, maybe they're on the right track to piecing this together for, you know, the, the biggest game of the year at the end of the season, right? Um, so I think that's kind of the big takeaway there. We at least saw something. We saw some flashes of Austin Stogner that we saw when he was back in, in Norman that we hadn't seen previously. So that's overall something to be encouraged about. Anthony, let's move to the defensive side of the football. Cause I, I really thought the Gamecocks defense were the unsung heroes in that game. You know, while the offense was sort of sputtering and figuring themselves out and getting in gear, uh, that defense really stood tall, especially I think back to the third quarter, but all throughout that football game. But it's like you mentioned earlier, you can't just judge a game and the performances off the box score. Cause you would look up. Oh, they generated no sacks. They obviously weren't in the backfield. Nine quarterback hurries, and they were hitting Haynes King all night long. Just talk about that South Carolina defense and specifically what the numbers say about the Gamecocks and their pressures on Saturday night. Yeah, and taking advantage of the quarterback's mistakes, right, because that was something we talked about. I mean, Texas A&M, they just don't have a quarterback, and Haynes King made some pivotal mistakes early on, and just the offense overall made some pivotal mistakes, and South Carolina capitalized on it, right? I mean, getting out 17 outs, start the game, first few minutes, and having a pick and a fumble, I mean, that's hard to do, hard to take advantage of. Um, so I think that was kind of the big thing there is that, you know, overall, I mean, that, that, that you know, those first five minutes or so was the, the building block, obviously, to win the football game. But um, like you talked about it, the, the pressures, and um, I can pull up the exact number um, for overall for the game, but. I mean, that was a big takeaway. You never want to look at the sacks overall. They had 33 pressures as a whole for the game, which is extraordinarily high. Um, you know, pressure speaks more volumes, I think, because it kind of looks at it as, okay, especially in college. And I can't remember if we talked about this. I've talked about this a few times. It's probably like something I'm most passionate about is just like how important the pass rush is in college football. It's far more valuable than it is at the NFL level. Whereas I think probably having a more sturdy back end is more important. But in college, especially at the power five level, having that impactful pass rush is key because these are young quarterbacks, right? These aren't, none of these quarterbacks could step foot. I don't care if you're playing Ohio state or Bama. Even. I don't, none of these quarterbacks can step foot on an NFL field and hold their own week one. All of these quarterbacks have some types of issue, especially Texas A&M. You know, if things kind of start to break down, they make some pretty, pretty big mistakes there. Right. And if they're not in rhythm, that's when panic starts to occur there. So getting to the quarterback is key there. And so while you see a goose egg in the sack column, you see 33 pressures. I mean, this was a team effort. This was collective, right? I mean, that's very – six volumes. And uh, that goes hand-in-hand, hand too, when you look at the defensive backs, too. Because I think a lot of people – you look at Cam Smith, you look at Darius Rush, they both had great games. I mean, obviously, Cam Smith, a couple of phone is there. But, you know, overall, they collectively allowed just five receiving yards outside of the penalties, which is – I mean, that's what you want from your corners, right? Especially Darius Rush. I mean, made PFF team of the week. He was definitely one of the best defensive players overall um, of all of week eight, regardless of uh, position there. So, I mean, it, it was definitely a collective effort. And I think you look at the pass rush, and then again, 33 pressures. That, that, that's, that says a lot there. So I, I would rather have, you know, 33 pressures, no sacks, than, you know, two sacks and four pressures, right? I mean, I think that's probably the big takeaway there. Anthony, let's stick with Darius Rush because you guys actually tweeted this from the PFF College account. Again, that's at PFF underscore college. You guys be sure to go follow that. Darius Rush in coverage 
against Texas A&M. 39 coverage snaps, five yards allowed, one interception, one pass breakup, and an 86.4 coverage grade. You know, Cam Smith in that secondary, he gets most of the love and the hype and the hoopla. But Darius Rush, what a night from him against Texas A&M. Again, just talk about his big game against the Aggies. Yeah, and I think, you know, even after last year when Cam Smith, like a year ago, people still didn't know who Cam Smith was, even though he was performing at an extraordinarily high level. And I think over the offseason, obviously his hype built. But, I mean, Darius Rush just kind of kicked the curb there. He still was pretty good last year for the Gamecocks. And a lot of people just didn't even consider him. And really, I think we talked about it, you know, maybe the first couple of times I was on here in the offseason. But, I mean, this was definitely one of the better cornerback duos in the SEC and really in college football coming into the season. People just didn't know who Darius Rush, you know, was. And he's been playing good so far this season. And I think this game, people now know who Darius Rush is, right? He is the guy that took advantage of Texas A&M, right? He was a key reason there, obviously. Five yards allowed, like you said, a pick. Um, I would say definitely probably his – I wouldn't even say maybe. I think it was the best game of his career. Um, Just overall what he's seen. I mean, again, that was the pick him in clutch. So, I I think overall – you know, this quarterback duo finally is, I think, getting a little bit more love than they should. And I think you look over the next few weeks, I mean, there's no premier quarterback I think they're really facing. And I think there's reason to be encouraged and excited about maybe these guys can start to make some more, you know, plays there where they're entering that big game against uh, your guys' rival there in Clemson with a little bit of confidence and, um, you know, some national recognition that they long deserve. So, you know, overall, I mean, it was definitely the best performance I think we've ever seen from him at South Carolina. Anthony, let's look ahead to this weekend because it's interesting. As you win, they all get bigger, right? I, I talked about inflection point, most important game. I actually labeled this game against Mizzou in the preseason as the most important game of this season. Now, I didn't think you'd be coming off a win over Texas A&M. But either way, Anthony, I still really look at it that way now, maybe just for some different reasons in regards to – you know, you don't want to squander momentum. You've won four in a row for the first time since 2013. Um, and this is just a, a trend and a series you need to reverse, right? You've lost three in a row to Missouri, and I think all Gamecock fans agree that if you're going to take that next step as a program and really continue to elevate under Shane Beamer, you need to beat the, obviously, Vandys, but the Kentuckys and the Mizzou's of the world, right? If you're going to move up that SEC East hierarchy, you lost three straight to the Tigers. The spread came out, Missouri just a five-point underdog. That has since moved. Missouri now, I think, is either four and a half or four, depending on which books you look at. I'll ask you this, because I know PFF, you guys do your own things with, with, with the spreads and, and just what the numbers say. Did Vegas get it right? Are they overvaluing Missouri? Are they undervaluing the Gamecocks? How do you look at this game from the gambling sense? Yeah, you know, I saw the initial spread, and I didn't know what it was beforehand, but I saw it, and I was like, I mean, this kind of feels right a little bit. It kind of seems like, you know, maybe this is a little bit of a trap game um, in a certain way. Look, Mizzou's tough, right? I mean, offensively, you know, they have some pieces to be excited about long-term, but right now, I mean, it's they, they just, they're missing at the quarterback position, right? It's still the most important position on the field, and that's why Texas A&M was the Texas A&M we saw on Saturday night. I think you look at Mizzou, that's just pretty much what they're lacking, right? They'll get a lot of young, talented wide receivers, but they don't have that guy to take advantage of them. But defensively, man, I mean, those guys play with some fire, right? I mean, they're physical. They're probably one of the more physical units I've seen in college football this year. I mean, look what they did to Georgia, 
right? They made them look normal. If not, nobody's really done that over the last couple of seasons um, other than Bama in the, in the SEC title game. So, I mean, overall, I think there's plenty of reason to believe that, you know, this could be closer than I think a lot of people just like, look, Mizzou's not great, right? They're near the bottom of the SEC. South Carolina's 5-2. They're right and high. This should be an easy game for South Carolina, but it's, I wouldn't overlook him because of that defense. And I think you look at that defense with South Carolina's offense and it's like, okay, we saw something from seven this past weekend. We need to see that again. And then some, because they're going to be getting after the quarterback because that front seven, they're not going to slow down. Right. And I think with the way they do play, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do bring consistent, consistent pressure, consistently bringing five or six guys, you know, mug, even mugging the off-ball linebackers in the A-gaps, right? Putting a little bit of pressure on them and saying, hey, if you want to, you know, beat us from, you know, beat us outside the pocket, go ahead. That's what we're going we're gonna to make you do, which I think can be dangerous, but I think that's a bet they're willing to make just given what he's shown on tape over the course of the season where sometimes he d- isn't. Sometimes he's taken 10-step dropbacks and when he shouldn't be, right? You know, just kind of trying to stay contained and stay calm, right? And so I, I think that's probably the way they're going to play. Um, and, you know, that's where we're going to have to see, okay, Spencer, play your game. You know, do what you did last week a little bit. We need to see that a little bit more um, this week. So, again, I think there's plenty of reason to not overlook Missouri. Um, honestly, you look over the next three games, it's probably their toughest one. And I saw that clip of you that you put out, you know, one of the most important games of the season. That's a hell of a call. Um, it feels like every single week we're saying this is the most important game. You know, we're looking at Arkansas, we're looking at Georgia, Kentucky, A&M, like all those were very important games. But I guess, you know, you got to keep this going, right? Because if you get another win here, I mean, this, again, you're talking about, a, I think, a program changing next three weeks here um, and really career changing for some of these players involved um, at South Carolina. So, again, you know, I think – I have no concerns from a, if I'm South Carolina, you know, their defense against Missouri, Mizzou's offense. I don't have much concern there. It, it's just, can you escape what that front seven that Mizzou's going to bring? Because they play physical, they play fast, they play aggressive. You're going to have to overcome that. I think it's going to be difficult to really run the football at a consistent rate against them. Um, and you're going to have to kind of break the structure of the offense a little bit. And I, I think the only thing from an outsider's perspective being neutral here, um, you know, I think Mizzou probably should be hoping that, you know, they're still playing offensively the way they did pre-Texas A&M, and it's pretty conservative. And, you know, they're probably just want to see if South Carolina goes, okay, we're going to let the defense win the football game for us, right? And this is going to be a low-scoring affair. We're not going to take many risks. I think it's it probably shouldn't be that way. Um, I don't want to see a lot of quick game there. I don't want to see screens. I kind of want to see some ag- aggressive there. you got to match it. Um, or else they're going to beat you with that. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting game. And also, too, I mean, the quick game goes hand-in-hand hand with that because you have those quick outlets that they're bringing all of those guys. So I think it's just finding a good balance there, right? I, don't be shy when you, you need to, um, when you don't have to be, really. Um, so I think it's a pretty good matchup. And when I first saw the spread, I thought about it for a second. I'm like, okay, I can see why it is what it is. It definitely feels like a – a little bit of a trap. I mean, personally, I'm just not going to touch it. I'm going to enjoy it because I think it could be an exciting game from start to finish. That's great gambling advice, Anthony. Don't touch it. Just enjoy it, man. Just just enjoy yeah. it. You can enjoy it a lot more when you don't have to pull for one side or the other in regards to the gambling side of things. Um, <clears throat> but to your point, Anthony, I think you, you do make a good point. I think that's where the doubt creeps in from Vegas is just 
you know, offensively, right? At some point, they feel like, uh, you know, Beamer ball, as, as good as it's been this season, you know, maybe you're not going to get that special teams touchdown or a block punt or like Kentucky where you, you get a turnover in the first play of the game and you got a five-yard field to go, right? You're up 7 nothing before you can blink. I, I will say to your point in this game, and of course I, I'm not going to drop my prediction until Friday like I always do, but I think it's a great opportunity for the defense like you mentioned. Just looking back, you know, last weekend at Mizzou, struggling so mightily against Vandy, one of the worst pass defenses in college football, Brady Cook. Uh, has thrown seven interceptions on the season. And, oh, by the way, Anthony, uh, Mizzou is 0-3 on the road this year. And the only team they've beaten – I actually got this stat from Connor O'Gara Saturday down south. The only team that Mizzou has beaten, Power 5, on the road, not named Vanderbilt, South Carolina, back in 2020. So, they have struggled mightily on the road in his tenure. I'll ask you this, though. How do you see this one playing out? Again, it's a huge opportunity Gamecocks are favored. You've labeled a trap game. I think it should be looked at as a bit of a toss-up game. I mean, you have to look at it that way until the Gamecocks get back to, in my opinion, beating Mizzou. Heck, you look at this game last year. I don't exactly remember what the spread was, but it was a game certainly you were coming off the big one over Florida, right, at home. Everybody was expecting you to win. And you went to Missouri and just kind of the unthinkable happened and, and, and you lost that football game. So, a uh, huge opportunity. You like the matchup in regards to your defense against their offense. I really do think, Anthony, it just all comes down to what can we expect from this Gamecocks offense? We feel like maybe their breakout performance is just around the corner. Is it this weekend, though, against what's a really stout Mizzou defense? How do you see this one playing out? Yeah. I mean, too, you got to think of Mizzou's kicker because, I mean, they got one of the best kickers in America, Harrison yeah. Evis. He's a, he's a unit, but that, that unit can make some long, long field goals. He's really he's good against Georgia. Really good against Georgia. Yeah. Absolutely. He had a hiccup before them, but that was a hell of a bounce back game. I think from a prediction, I'll go with South Carolina 20 and then Mizzou 17. Um, I think that's probably the way it's going to play out. I think it's going to be a little low scoring. Um, and again, it's, yeah, I think it's going to have to be you're going to have to get a big play offensively because you can't again you can't count on those special teams to kind of save you out there. Um, so I think that's probably the way it's going to play. Um, you know, I'm not expecting South Carolina's defense to go out there and just say, "Hey, you're not going to score a single touchdown." I think they're going to be they're going to do enough, but it just goes back to South Carolina's offense against Mizzou's defense. Um, you know, ultimately, again, I go back. It's the same argument against Texas A&M. I go to which quarterback am I gonna am I gonna bank on? Which one am I more comfortable with? And it's seven in this one, um, quite easily. So I think that's what's kind of pushed me over there. But it's again, it's definitely not going to be easy. Like I'm not going to be completely surprised if Mizzou somehow finds a way, even with all those road statistics you pulled out. Once you said that, I was like, shit, man, maybe I shouldn't have said all that, <laughs> making me you know overthink myself a little bit, but. That's probably the way I'm going to see it. Um, going to be a very physical Mizzou defense, but I think South Carolina's offense does just enough to get over top. And you know, it's crazy, Anthony. You look at this series, these games, for whatever reason, they feel like they always seem to be close, and it always feels like there's something weird that happens, something wacky. So we'll see if that's the case yet again Saturday. Should be a good one, though, as the Gamecocks. Hey, look to punch their ticket to bowl eligibility. Who thought we'd be saying that at this point? Punch and bowl eligibility before we even get to November sounds pretty good to me, and I think the rest of Gamecock Nation as well. Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus joins us every Wednesday. Anthony, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. For sure. Appreciate it. Look forward yeah, to man. it. Sounds good. Appreciate you. Yeah, great stuff from 
Anthony Treesh, pro football focus at PFF underscore college. Again, those guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to check out Anthony's work. Go follow them. Guys, phone lines are now open. 843-790-3377. I see my good friend Kelsey Quarles is in the chat. Kelsey says, go damn Cox, proud of my boys. Kelsey, appreciate you, man. Your insight is always valued. I appreciate you uh, writing that. Uh, Kelsey Quarles approves. I'm sure Kelsey also approves of the pass rush he saw against Texas A&M and, and the relentless effort by Jimmy Lindsey's boys on Saturday night. Um, again, guys, I want to hear from you. We'll take your questions for the next 10 minutes or so, and then we'll jump into our first break. Uh, let's see. We do have some commentary in the TDC Questions channel as well. Uh, Austin War says he's worried about the game. Got that feeling. Uh, Zach Attack, I feel confident going in this game, same as last week's. Undefeated when Rebecca calls in once a week. Undefeated when I wear the shirt I got this year and undefeated with games that are not noon games. Indeed. Hey, there's a lot lot of positive things going our way. There's a lot of positive things going our way. So, um, let's jump to the phone lines here. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good. What about you? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Yeah, so um, I got two questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. So what do you think should be worn for the jerseys this weekend? And the last question is, uh, is it going to be a sellout game this week? I would be very surprised if it's not a sellout. Um, you know, 4 o'clock kick, chance to punch your ticket to eligibility, SEC game. Uh, homecoming, I, I would fully expect it to be a sellout. Uh, I, I'm sure they'll announce that either tomorrow or Friday, but I, I've got to think – got to think it's going to be a sellout. I, I, like I said, I, I'd just be totally shot if it's not. And you've won four in a row, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the jerseys – yeah. yeah, the jerseys, I, I mean, me personally, I'm thinking either 1984 Black Magic throwbacks or I, I just – I'd love to see Big Game Garnet. I'm, I'm a Big Game Garnet guy. Uh, I mean, I know, I yeah, guess we just yeah. technically wore big game garnet, but with black helmets. So I don't know. That's a good oh, question. Yeah, those, that's a good question. I was going to say, those are my, fa- that's my favorite, uh, jerseys. As soon as I seen those, uh, playing, playing the Texas A&M game, I was like, damn, they gotta, they gotta keep playing more with these, uh, jerseys. And those are my favorite type of jerseys. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I have no idea. They keep that thing. They keep the jerseys these days, man, buckled down like Fort Knox, bro. I, I never have any clue anymore what, what we're wearing until the day of. So, I don't know. I don't know. We went from yeah, we yeah. went from battle armor and, and making a huge deal of it to we're not even getting leaks anymore. So, I don't know. It is what it is. But, uh, nah. I don't I, know. I mean, yeah. part, part of me feels like uh, we should do like a blackout. But I, I don't know. I don't know how we played with a blackout. And I don't know when the last time we saw it. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I just want to go win the ball game. That's it. So I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we do wear black. I don't yeah, know. I wasn't trying to ask you. I, was, yeah. I wasn't trying to ask you stupid questions or nothing. But no, no, no yeah, yeah. I mean, I, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But I appreciate it, man. That's all I need, sir. Hunter, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the call. Yep. Great stuff. I, dude, I, <laughs> dude, I, I think that if we did a blackout and then lost this game, Gamecock Nation would would never would never forgive those who made that decision. We'll put it that way. Bloody Knuckle says, what happened to the tail feather helmet and the all gray uniform? Um, hopefully, the tail feather helmet 
has has burned into oblivion. I'm 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 not a fan. I'm not going to continue to go in either. I'm just not a fan. I'm just not a fan. Uh, Again, guys, I do want to hear from you taking your questions. Hunter Johnson says apparently Satterfield said quote, and and I'm assuming this is a real quote. If it were up to me, Jaheim would get the ball 20 times a game. Who's it up to? It's so, I tell you what, it's so funny with Satterfield and these Wednesday pressers. Like, there's not a thing he can say that we won't just pick apart and we 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 won't pick apart. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, because when the offense isn't working, it's it's like, you know, let's see. It's crazy. I, I got people DMing me, where's the tailgate? And it's like, it's literally pinned to the top of our profile, bro. It, it, it's same place every week, folks. Spot 78. TSUS tailgate, spot 78. That is where we will be. Uh, <laughs> so, And then some of y'all on a weekly basis, same questions. Uni prediction. Travis Young says, where is Dak Joyner? How many times, do, like, are we going to go through that? Are we going to go through the Dak Joyner thing on a weekly basis? Dak Joyner's fighting for reps like a lot of other players. Like, to ask where is Dak Joyner, it's like asking where is Amarian Brown? Where is Landon Sampson, right? It just They're just not getting the snaps. They're not I, I actually did, by the way, saw Dak Joyner on offense Saturday night. Now, he was blocking, but he was out there. So, Dak Joyner's out there. He's just not getting targeted. Um, and he's just fighting for reps and fighting for the football. And so, yeah. Uh, Craig Phillips says, you have to pick which one you're going with. Tail feather helmet or Chick-fil-A helmet? Oh, man. If I have to pick one, the script or the tail feather? That That's a, Craig, that's, that's, now that's a question. Um... I will say this. I I don't know. You know, I'd probably go tail feather. Here's the reason why. Florida's already got the script thing. At at least the tail feather helmet is unique. At least that's unique. The script literally looks like we're copying Florida. So, um, and the script is a must champ thing. I, I agree, Eric. Yeah. I, I'd go tail feather, personally. I, I would go tail feather. I, I'm not really a fan of either. I love the block C. Um, so, yeah. Let's. <laughs> Jeff Gullett says he's going to be graduated for two years and people are still going to be asking, when is Dak going to play quarterback? Yeah. It, it's going to be like that running joke. That's, that's literally what it's going to be. It's going to be the running joke like five years from now when Dak joins on the roster. It's like, well, why don't we just put Dak in? It's like, dude, he graduated four years ago. It's like, oh, okay. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Marcus Satterfield tells the media today his first 10 plays are always scripted. And said field position and down doesn't impact his decision making. I think first and this is Brad Crawford saying this thinks first and goal at the five should be an automatic Marshawn Lloyd carry regardless of what your papers tell you to call. <laughs> hey, that's a very good point. That is a very good point indeed. Um, let's see. 
Thomas Walker says, if Dak and Doty had the same perspective as these fans who think they should start, don't you think they would have hit the portal by now? They have embraced their role in the team and obviously agree with their spot in the lineup. Thomas, I, I think Luke Doty is TBD. Um, I, I think if Spencer Rattler returns next year, I think we'll find out then, uh, you know, because I, I think Luke Doty's a Gamecock through and through, but I, but I got to think the kid wants to play. I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, listen, you make a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's like I said before, and I'm not going to – we're not going to spend all day talking about Dak Joyner, but it's like I said before. Yeah, I mean, I think if Dak Joyner wanted to be a starting quarterback, he would have he left a couple years ago, you know, or he would have left – after the bowl game when other teams wanted him to come play quarterback. And, I mean, he knew he wasn't going to start over Spencer Rattler. I don't, I don't think the kid is, is that foolish or naive to think that. But I think the carry-on joiner, what, and I'm not trying to speak for his camp, but I think what – and I don't blame him for this decision at all, by the way. I think it's a very smart decision. He's not a businessman. He's a business comma man for this. I think that DeCarrion Joyner understood. He understands his future. He understands his, his prospects of playing at the next level. He said to himself, I can either transfer, go to a smaller school, or go wherever, be a starting quarterback, or I can stay here and benefit from NIL and be beloved. And I got it pretty good here. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. And, and I'm saying that only in a complimentary way. Like, that is a very smart thing to do. He has raked it in, guys, from NIL, from the Mayo Bowl. I think I heard he's made over six figures from the Mayo Bowl. So, yeah, I, I think, Thomas, again, I, I, to your point, I think the carry-on joiner very much so embraces his role in this football team. And so we should as well. I, you know, I, I just, you know, anyways. I, we're, we're, it's crazy how we're literally going into this game against Mizzou and we're still talking about it. It's wild. It's wild. Um, <laughs> we have USC back. Yes, we do. No more U of SC. It's just USC. And that's it. Love to see that. Uh, guys, here we go. We're going to jump into a quick break. But on the other side, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this hump day. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. I want to say thank you also to Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus, always taking his time. And again, all of our guests, man, it's, it's, it's awesome what TDC has evolved into and the great guests we have on and all the different insight and everything else, it, it's truly a pleasure to chat with those guys. Uh, let's see. Let's jump into your questions. We've got a text here. Seems like Mizzou's rush defense is pretty good. Stop Georgia's backs and Bigsby when they played Auburn. Do you think we can generate a downfield passing attack against Mizzou's secondary? I, I think we can. I, I'm telling you guys. I, I know that, you know, I, I know it was uh, – against a, a Texas A&M team that, that is reeling right now. But I, I don't know. I, I like to think we're close offensively. I, I don't want to sound like Marcus Satterfield or give you all coach speak. I am optimistic that we're just not as far off from having a, a positive performance. I, I think that 
Uh, Missouri, as Austin Greer points out, I think they're legit. I, I think they're a hard-nosed, scrappy. You know, listen, we talked about this a couple of games ago, that these next couple of games were against teams like South Carolina that are inconsistent, that are flawed. So I, I wouldn't put it past the Gamecocks to lose this football game. But I don't know. My gut feeling just tells me. I, I think we are getting closer in regards to um, getting closer in regards to offensive output. Uh, Thomas Walker, yes, yes. Carolina Cigars can be purchased online. Yes, they can. Um, let me make sure their shop. So if you go to... Okay, if you go to carolinacigarshhi.com, let's see. Yeah, so their shop on the website is currently under construction. So just DM, that's how you can purchase your cigar. Luke RJ, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, Chris. How you doing, man? I am doing well, my friend. Appreciate you asking what's going on. Uh, I just wanted to call in today and talk to you about this game um and the the usc stuff man what what are your initial thoughts when you saw that and the, the it looks like the president is the one who was um you know trying to get all that done and and uh, just your just your initial thoughts and and i saw brad crawford and people talking about it uh what do you think about about all that i think it's pretty cool right I think it's awesome. I think it's a huge win, yeah, especially with the new Prez. Uh, I mean, was you of SC, was it ever really embraced by anybody? I, I mean, did anybody stop calling USC, you of SC because of the decision or the trademarking or whatever the hell the reasoning was? Uh, I, I, I think everyone is ecstatic. <laughs> I, think, I think all Gamecock folks are ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. Uh, it's USC. I understand Southern Cal and, you know, I understand what national folks think when they hear USC. A lot of them do think Southern Cal, but on the East coast in this area, which is all we're concerned about USC is South Carolina. So now I think it's a huge victory, man, for all those that love the Garnet and black and obviously the new Prez getting it done and all those, you know, all those associated, all those parties that made it happen. Kudos to them, man. Hey, that alone deserves a stogie, right? We need the USC stogie, and we'll smoke the U of SC pack to uh, to celebrate. So, <laughs> exactly, that's awesome, man. Yeah, uh, I felt the same way, man. It's really cool, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you know, we we. We we literally say USC during sandstorm, yeah. you know? Like, everybody in the whole stadium is saying USC, and the student section started that. And so it just it – just, uh, I mean, dude, right. one, of our, one of our in-game chants is, USC. Like, it's not U of SC, so it's USC. It always has been. It always will be. Exactly. I didn't think about that, dude. That's that's uh that's one of our our biggest uh, uh chants or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Um, so talking about Missouri, um, just uh you know it seems pretty even on offense and um, statistically, uh, you know, and uh, but the but Missouri has a good defense and South Carolina has a good defense, mm-hmm. so. 
Um, you know, I just wanted to get your take about, you know, just on the offensive side of the ball, like, where's the edge? Do we have the edge? Does Missouri have the edge? Um, you know, and then can we get can we get those big plays, turnovers or or false starts and stuff like that from the crowd? And um, you know, just just your 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 thoughts on the offense, like who has the edge? Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, you mentioned too. I, I think playing at home obviously is a major edge in this football game. You look at them defensively. Uh, I mean, they've been really good. You know, just giving up 3.8 yards per carry, 127 yards per game, 198 yards per game through the air. They've only given up six passing touchdowns, right? And they only have six themselves. I, I will say this. I love our matchup or the matchup, our defense against their offense. I, I expect our defense to have a big day, make some big plays. Can, can, you, can you get the big special teams, defensive plays, scores, if you will, uh, that'll be key. I mean, I, I think you look at, you know, I, I think you you like your odds giving the football to Marshawn Lloyd, but I think you will have to stretch the field. I think you will have to go down the field, um, expose them a little bit in that secondary. <clears throat> You're going to need your players to make plays, man, bottom line. And Spencer Rattler's going to have to have a solid game, win the turnover battle. Um, again, you look at what they did against Georgia. I think that's the big one that stands out, right? You look at what they did. Uh, against the dogs and slowing down the rushing attack. So you might have to lean on that passing game. Uh, again, like I mentioned, I, I sit here right now, for whatever reason, I just leave that A&M game feeling encouraged. I, I know how we feel about Satterfield. I'm not even going to go there. But I, I, I just – I saw some things that I feel like we're, we're, we're close to kind of breaking out, if you will. And I, I don't want to sound like, like I said earlier, the coach speak type deal. Um, but I saw some encouraging signs. I think the offense needs to run through one. I, I think that's what you've got to start with. Uh, challenge that offensive line. They've been playing better, right? But you look at Mizzou up front defensively. Uh, they've got some big-time players up there. So, um, I think you lean on Marshawn Lloyd yet again, man. I, I think you do. I think you stay uh, one of our favorite or least favorite slogans, stingy in the run game. I, I, I think there's no way, in my opinion, you can get to halftime and Marshawn Lloyd had three touches or four touches, um, you know, and, and that whole mantra that Shane Beamer talked about, yeah, you know, they're going to the second half. We, we just told Sat to get the ball to our playmakers. That needs to be the mantra from the start, you know. Lloyd, Bell, Wells, Stog, Christian Beale Smith, Juju, you know, get these guys involved. And, and, and you know, talking to Anthony Treese earlier, you know, get get Spencer Rattler out of the pocket. Let him improvise. That, that's when he's been at his best this season. So, um, you know, it is a fairly even matchup, you know, Luke RJ, to, to be honest with you. It's it's fairly even. And, you know, I, I'll even be honest, a couple weeks ago, I, I might have given, you know, Mizzou the nod, especially because I, I wasn't nearly as confident in our offensive line as I am now. You know, I think the offensive line has made major strides and, and should be able to give you somewhat of a push, even against a really good Mizzou front. But, that 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 will be interesting to see. Just how much of a push can we get? And if we have to throw the football, if we can't just lean on Marshawn, will we still be able to make those plays? But I think you got to get him going. I I just I, I find it hard to believe this offense will have much success if Marshawn Lloyd isn't involved in a big way. So I mean, it's going to be a challenge for sure. And and, and you know, I, I think that you know until we see the offense click on all cylinders and have their breakout game, I th I think you're going to have to say. Hey, for the Gamecocks to win this football game, you're going to need a big play from your defense. You're going to need a big play from your special teams. And 
Um, that's how they've been winning games, and we'll see if they can keep that mojo going. But, uh, you know, on your home field, you feel like that gives you a major edge as well, and and uh, we'll see. This might be the game again where, you know, those, those big plays don't come uh, in the facets of defense and special teams. Your offense might have to step up. The question is, will they be able to do it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, last week we got that big interception from Darius Rush, and we're on the five-yard line, and we throw it three times in a row instead of, like, you know, just punching it in, you know. It, it things, you know, you really scratch your head with watching uh, the offense sometimes. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like that was the best time to, to be passing three times in a row. Punch it in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but, man, that's, uh, yeah. No that's, feel. It just feels like no feel, man. It's just it's just no feel. Uh, I, I will say this, too, and I, I think I said this on the podcast, and I might have said it to somebody else, but uh, if I'm Darius Rush, I'm having a conversation with my teammates because there's absolutely no reason – why he didn't score there. I mean, guy had a convoy out in front of him, and for whatever reason, we we couldn't turn the block. Either way, it's neither here nor there, but should have been a pick six. Uh, but, yeah, man, your first and goal for the five, you, you should score. And, and to throw three straight passes, just no situational awareness. I mean, no no, no feel whatsoever. So, Yeah, and uh, it seemed like uh, Darius Rush ran in front of his blockers. I mean, he had, you're right, he had like four or five guys out there, and there was only like one or two players. But uh, I like that thing that you shared on Twitter about um, at 10 Roof. You were talking about Missouri, man. Like, we cannot lose this game after beating, you know, Kentucky and Texas A&M, and we're, we haven't beaten Missouri in three games or, you know, three seasons. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we we – just you talked about it all all season about how important it is to not slip up on this game, you know, and keep it going. And uh, we got to be ready. We don't have extra time to prepare like bye week sad, but right. Um, I mean it's important. It's important that we uh, just get get the win somehow. Yeah, I mean and, I, I'll um, just I'll say this too. I, I'll say this when I when I labeled the game as the most important. You know, I, I was not assuming a victory over Texas A&M. I, I thought you would be, you know, four and three at this point. So, you're actually playing with a little bit of house money. But it, it's just, if you lose, let, let's just, let's play the hypothetical game, right? Like, if you lose this game, hey, you're still going to go to a bowl game. You're going to a bowl game this season. That, that's, that's a given. You're going to hit at minimum six wins this season. Even if you go seven and five, though, I I, I just feel like, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, my God, it was the season was a failure because you didn't beat Missouri. But, man, it'll be a black mark on the year, won't it? I mean, it, it'll just – it'll sting, man. It, it, it will – and it's – again, it's it, we talk about streaks and, you know, listen, I dislike Florida. I, I, I'd love to beat Florida again. That'd be great. But I'd rather beat Missouri than beat Florida, you know, because having a three-game losing streak and if you lost having a four-game losing streak to Missouri – it just can't happen. It just it just can't happen. Right. You know what I mean? So, uh, for a program that is trying to elevate itself and move up that SEC East hierarchy, right? You've already beaten Kentucky. Now you got Mizzou. Then you got Vandy next. Those are teams you need to be ahead of, right? So, um, and especially you got them on your home field. And you've won four in a row. You've right. got all the momentum, Keep There's no going. excuse. Yeah, keep, you, it keep it going. 
Absolutely. And, and you know, we we broke the streak versus Kentucky. We broke the streak versus Texas A&M. We got to break another one and keep and keep it going. It's so important. Um, but the last thing I wanted to ask you about it, are you still putting out the basketball content? Because we're getting close. We're getting close, closer and closer and closer. Uh, you still doing the countdown? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. So you ask. You know, it's funny, man. I haven't put out the countdown a little bit because I, I, I've found myself forgetting to do it, and it's not because I'm trying to oversight basketball or anything like that. Um, it's honestly just simply because the football content's been popping to such a degree. Um, I, I'm still very, very pumped for basketball. I mean, next week, literally. Uh, I will drop my full basketball season preview, and, and we'll talk basketball season. And, and I mean, it literally gets going next week. Tonight, by the way, at CLA, is uh, Garnet and Black Madness. So, it gets going next week with the exhibitions and the scrimmages. But uh, I, I, I am sorry to say that I have not done – see, the football countdown is easier because it's during the summer and there's literally nothing else going on. Uh, right now, it, it, it's it's – Maybe when we get to – I guess we're probably at less than 10 days. I think we're, like, at a week. So, um, maybe I'll fire it back up here, counting down a week until tip-off. But, I mean, it's – I mean, Luke, RJ, you know as well as I do, man. We're we're all pumped up for basketball. I'm pumped up for basketball. I will I, – I cover – everybody that follows me knows I cover basketball in depth. But football is what moves the needle, man. I mean, that's, that's what people want to see. People yeah. want to see football. Dude, I, I literally was posting those countdown videos, and I had people commenting – why are you posting this? It's football season. People literally saying that. And, and the hey, look, and listen, yeah. the, the numbers reflect it, too. There are some people, and God bless them, I appreciate them, there's some people that only tune in for football season. The rest of the year, they're, they're tuned out, which is fine. I mean, I, I, I don't – it doesn't bother me, but, you know, it's – football moves the needle, man. It just, you know, it is what it is, so – I got you. I, I understand all that. That's uh, that's important, you know, if people are, you know, not excited about it as much. Um, I think people are. I, but, I think people know, are intrigued. I, I think people are definitely intrigued. Yeah, by basketball. So. Yeah, I mean, you only get that first season with a new coach. And, uh, you know, uh, what do you what do you always say? Hope springs eternal. Or, Hope springs eternal. Yeah, yeah. Hope springs eternal indeed. Yeah. You know, it's Lamont Paris, new coach. We got Gigi. You know, every – I mean, let's let's support them and let's, you know, watch the games, make sure we know when they play, and, you know, show up. And, man, I'm, I just want to – I just I'm we've had Frank Martin for 10 years or over 10 years. I'm ready to see a different style of basketball, man. You, and uh, I think it's going to be – it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting and <clears> – <throat> Go Gamecocks, man. Yeah, Yeah, for sure, man. I'm excited for the Paris era to start, especially when you got a guy like Gigi Jackson uh, headlining it. Yeah, it it should be a fun season, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, It's going to be one that's kind of hard to predict, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited, Um, especially this first year. Like you mentioned, you only get it once, that that first season. And uh, the good news, I think, for Lamont Paris is I don't think the expectations are – crazy high right even with gg i think it's like hey if we can make any kind of postseason that's a massive success but uh yeah i'm looking forward to it man i you know i I, i'm admittedly i would tell anybody this i'm admittedly i'm not a huge basketball guy like bro i haven't watched an nba game start to finish 
who knows how long it's been. I, a long, long time. And I'm not like someone that I'm just avidly watching college basketball. But I love the Gamecocks, and I love creating content, and I love Gamecocks basketball. I watched Gamecocks basketball growing up, you know. So I'm excited. I'm pumped. Uh, and, you know, it's, 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 it's really fun, selfishly, from the content side of things. It's really fun when you get into basketball because, you know, we already have content bleeding out the eyeballs. Then you, then you add in basketball season, and there's two games per week, and then baseball comes, right? You got all kinds of games per week. So it's fun, man. It's fun for me as a content creator, and it's obviously fun for all of us as, as Gamecock fans as well. So, I mean, you, you think about it, man. Hey, it's going to get real very quick the night before the Florida game. That ain't that far away. Night before the Florida game, yeah. South Carolina plays Clemson in basketball. So get ready because it's coming. It's just around the corner. So, hey, and I thought I thought it was pretty cool. Lamont Paris is really good playing pool, man. You, you see see that video of him on the pool table, man. He 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 looks like a professional uh, out there playing. So I I, I did not cool. see I that. Not, I did I did not know Lamont Paris was a uh, was a big pool guy like that. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was on their uh, the men's basketball uh, page or whatever. He he was playing GG, and he's like, "I'm not the worst pool player in the world. Somebody's in trouble." And he just, I mean, he was he looks like a professional out there mm-hmm. uh, playing. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, that's all I got, Chris. Uh, appreciate you taking my call, man. And uh, go Cogs, man. Let's go, Luke RJ. I appreciate you, man. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Great stuff from Luke, as always. Um, Brendan M. chiming in, telling me that technically we didn't throw it three times after the pick. The first down was a quarterback keeper. Brendan, you get the point, my guy. You get the point. Rebecca says she just woke up. What's going on, Rebecca? Cameron says, I'm still not over Texas A&M smoking their own pack after the game this past week. (laughs) Hey, we weren't the only ones smoking the pack, apparently. Apparently, A&M was smoking their own pack. This is Zach's Hall of Famer. Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Just sitting here eating my lunch, man. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? First things first, I just found out a few minutes before I called, I will be present and accounted for with my beamer ball towel at Willie B Saturday. Okay. Are you going to be in the same seats or no? No, I'm okay. gonna probably I'm gonna be sitting with my stepdad. Okay, but not where you were last time. No. Okay, because I, I was gonna say if you are, I'm about to go stand in the turnstile again and say what's up to you. <laughs> but um, I will be there. I will. I will make sure, as always, I have my beam ball towel and so. So are you gonna like take another towel and like is the t- is the towel that you got hanging up is that like towel is that towel retired until further notice? I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I I just I was so excited Monday. <laughs> uh, that was the towel that I had at the A and M game. I was so excited Monday. I put it up. I, maybe I will leave it there. I mean, I, I definitely need to display one of them or display a towel somewhere in here. So I, I mean, would display that one. I would display that one. And if by some miracle we beat that god awful team in the upstate, I'm not going to mention. You frame that. You frame those two towels. Okay? I think what I should do. I think what I should do is take a take a sharpie and, and write the score on that towel of like what game that was. And, and especially like if that happens yeah, against Clemson, you, hey, you write the idea. you write the score on there and 
And, uh, yeah. I, I I, eventually, I'm going to start putting towels all over my bedroom, just hanging them all over my bedroom, and my walls will be covered in yeah. towels. But, anywho, I think that – and my mom, again, pissed at me because I told her that – I told her what my prediction was, okay? But you ain't getting your predi- you ain't getting the prediction out of me until tomorrow, okay? But all, all, all I'll say is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if that mm. don't tell you something, then that, 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 that don't tell you what my prediction is, and I don't know what else to tell you. But I think that, honestly, whenever Georgia played Missouri, I think that was just – I think, honestly, part of me felt like that was a fluke, okay, because that game should not have been close. And I think Missouri's – I think I don't think Missouri's defense is that good, okay, and I think this is when this is probably going to be Marshawn Lloyd or Christian Bill Smith coming out party. Okay, I think one of them are going to they're going to have one of them. I think one of them is going to have over 100 yards rushing. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think this is the perfect opportunity for Rattler to show that is that that. He's the player that everybody thought he was whenever he came out of high school. Right. This is the perfect time for that to happen. And I think that I think I think it I think it very easily could. As always, you win two of the three fa- of the three facets of the game, or better yet, you win all three of them. You win the football game. Mm-hmm. 100 times out of 100, okay? We have got to muck it up. We've got to muck the game up and kick, and just kick Missouri's ass, all right? Because they have kicked our ass for far too long, okay? It's been, what, three years since we beat Missouri? Yeah, now it's uh, the monsoon game. The monsoon game, 20, yeah, that's, uh, 20, that's, 2018. Even, so even four four years. Far too long. Four okay? years since South's going to beat Mizzou. Four years. Mm. Yeah, and even one year is far too long, okay? One year is far too long to be losing to Missouri, okay? I think that I could care less what – plays we run on offense okay as long as we move as long as we move the football i don't care but if it's third and one okay and they're not and they haven't say they haven't stopped lloyd or christian bill smith all night long i'm giving it to one of those two in some way shape or form i'm gonna find a way to get it into their hands even if it's not a a, a run, I'm going to figure out a way to get it into their hands and let them do what they do best, and that is get yards. Yeah. Yeah, get the ball to your playmakers, man. I, I Like I said, I, I don't know why. I know I know Mizzou is good defensively. I, I just – I've got a, I've got a feeling – I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I feel like maybe we're getting close offensively. I, um, Or maybe this is a defensive slugfest. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm having – I don't know about trouble, but I'm going a little bit back and forth, which I normally do throughout these weeks leading up to these games. But 
you know, I'll, I'll lock in a prediction. Um, I've obviously already locked in mm-hmm. the over. I, I think you can bank on some some wackiness in this game. Um, yeah. You know, I, I thought it was going to be a defensive slugfest against A&M. And then you see the opening kickoff. It's like, well, okay. Um, I'm so, the defensive slugfest. Yeah, I mean, it, it. You know, I just I picked the under in that ball game. I, I'm I'm on the over, man. I I think, uh, you know, I I think we keep saying, well, when is South Carolina's defense or special teams not going to make a big play? Or I I don't know, man. I think maybe that's just the the identity of this team. That might be in the DNA of this football team that they're going to make big plays. So, uh, I, I don't know. When, when South Carolina and, Missouri and bl- play each other, I feel like big plays. Weird so. things happen. So, I think there might be right. more points scored than folks are expecting, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I I think that breakout. Let me put it this way: I think that breakout game for Rattler and company. I I think it's going to happen at some point. The question is just: is it going to be this week? So, um, yeah. well, it better happen soon because the season's winding down. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's becoming. Before I think it's you, becoming. You realize that it's going to be November. It's okay, we're almost done with October. Literally in five days. Yes. Um, no, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's it's becoming more and more likely too. You know, we're not having this conversation quite as much for whatever reason, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I think Spencer Rattler is more than likely back. I, I just. I, I mean. I, I don't know how he could leave. You know what I mean? After I mean, he's sitting here right now with five regular season games to go, which is crazy to think there's only five regular season games to go. Five regular season games to go. He has five touchdown passes and eight interceptions. Only five? I, that's five, yeah. I don't even know if he's going to get to double digits. I don't think he will. So. He's going to have to basically – he's going to – in order to even have a shot at having double-digit touchdown passes, he's going to have to at least – throw three this weekend and throw two the following weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, and I, I'll say this. I, I think that, you know, somebody comments, is getting Rattler back a good thing or a bad thing? To be – What do you to think? Be, to be frank, I, I think it's a, it's a good thing for the short term, bad thing for the long term. And, and I'll, I'll tell you this, though. Yeah. It's only a bad thing if you don't move on from Satterfield, which I I just mm-hmm. I think that you have to because of what he's done with Rattler. I I know there's people that want to blame Rattler specifically, but this is a guy that has played good football before, and I'm talking about good football like Heisman Trophy caliber football. Like Well who do you, well here's the thing though. Who do who do who do you think who do you think the fans are blaming for Rattler's bad stats are they blaming rattler or are they oh they're 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 more they're more most are blaming satterfield um i I definitely think there's some out there that i mean listen i've said this before on these airwaves and it's just true and i know this for a fact because i've interacted with gamecocks that are like this um and i mean even our guy chase in the big cock club i hate to call him out like this but it's just true there are folks out there that just don't like rattler because they view him as a quote-unquote outsider Oh, he's not a real Gamecock, man. He just came in here. He hadn't paid his dues. He wasn't on the staff with Muschamp. There's people that feel that way. And they want him benched just because of that. I don't care. But 
I'm the kind of person I don't care. If the man can play football, let, I think let him put on his pads and put on his helmet right. and let well, him play. Yeah, I, I, I mean, don't I, care I, where he's from. Yeah, I know you don't care. I'm just telling you those people do exist, and I, I know there's people that that do oh, blame Rattler. They think he's trash. They don't think he's very good, and this, that, whatever. I mean, I don't really give a damn what your opinion is, but, I mean, Sat's the guy that's supposed to make the thing go and, and put him in a position to be successful mm-hmm. and, you know. So, um, I mean, listen, again, I, I I just – and the reason I say it's bad for the long term for South Carolina is that, you know, when Spencer Rattler – when Spencer Rattler chose South Carolina, you know, I, I said immediately off the jump that it could have – that it was going to be – and it's huge for the quarterback position. The, 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 the future of the quarterback position. Haven't had a quarterback drafted since yeah. spring of 1990 when Todd Ellis was selected. So it's been a very long time. And, yeah. you know, if you were able to develop Spencer Rattler, get him drafted, all of a sudden it changes the narrative of that position. Hey, big-time players, right? Big-time players can come here and, yeah. and, you know, at the quarterback position and have success. Right, they can have success. Then, they can get drafted you start because the, because yeah. right now, if if I'm if I'm a rival of South Carolina's or or whoever, I'm recruiting into the Gamecocks and I'm recruiting a quarterback. I'm telling them, why would you go there? They couldn't even take Spencer Rattler and, and get him drafted. Like like did, did they really did Spencer Rattler's career improve by going there? So I, I and I think that's where you got to cut the ties with with Marcus Satterfield because. The, the, right. the, the, what has happened with Rattler falls directly on him. It, it falls directly on him. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just an egregious mismanagement of a great and the talent. Crazy thing on the is, roster. just like everybody else, I've seen Rattler play. I saw him play at Oklahoma. And I thought to myself, if South Carolina was to ever get a quarterback like this, it would change the whole narrative of South Carolina football. Well, I mean, again, it just that changes before, it changes the narrative that of that position. Little, that was before it, it changes the narrative happened. of that position at South Carolina in regards to recruiting and all. Because I, I, I don't know if you understand this or know this, Robbie, but the Gamecocks have never signed a five-star player at that position. South Carolina's never signed a five-star uh, quarterback ever. Ever. The only time they've ever even had I one committed, the only time they've ever even had one committed was when Gunnar Stockton was committed for like a month. That's it. Yeah, and then Gunner decided to tuck his tail and go to Georgia. Yeah, so which he's probably not even going to get any playing time in Georgia. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's so, uh, you know, it, it's no, I, I listen, I, 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 no, I don't think it's a positive that Spencer Rattler's had such a porous season to where he will have to come back. No, I, I, I don't think so. Is it a positive that you'll go into next year and you won't have the the, the, the looming questions at the quarterback position, starting a guy who's never played or what have you, a little experience. I mean, that, sure, that's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, certainly for us, that's great in the short term. But, no, I, right. I do not look at it as, man, I'm really glad that, that Rattler had a dog shit season so he has to come back next year. I, I, don't, I don't view it that way. Yeah, I don't either. Because you also got to think if he comes – if Rattler does come back after this season's over with, what quarterbacks are going to transfer. I wouldn't be shocked if, honestly, if Braden Davis or any other fresh, uh, 
uh, well, at this point in time, they'd be sophomores. But I wouldn't be surprised if they transferred somewhere else. I mean, if Spencer Rattler comes back, I think at minimum two guys are gone. Again, you never know guys' situations, right? Because mm-hmm. I see Travi points out the obvious, Colton Gothier. Colton Gothier, a kid that's been surpassed by two freshmen. The only reason he stays on the roster is if he just enjoys being an SEC football player. That's pretty much it. Hey, listen, there's some guys, they get to college, they know they ain't going to the next level, and they're just, they just enjoy rocking the jersey, being big man on campus, right? So I, I don't know. That's probably Art, what I'd be doing. Shoot, I wouldn't care. Just being able to put on a jersey and a helmet would be would make me happy. Right. I'm being dead serious, Chris. You're laughing, but I'm being dead serious. I, Robbie, I'm laughing because I know it's true. That is a fact. That is a fact. And by the way, to answer your helmet question, okay, mm. script helmets can die and go to hell for all I care, okay? But to be honest, whenever we wore the tail feather helmets, I would have made the I would have made the helmet black. And left the feathers the way they were. But that's just me. Okay. okay? <clears throat> there, there you go. I, I just, you know, to your point again, pe- people want to talk about uh, <laughs> Spencer Rattler or uh, Marcus Satterfield or whatever. I mean, that, that, that to me will be Marcus Satterfield's – that will be his greatest indictment from this season is what he did or did not do right. with Spencer Rattler. And I, somebody I, told me – somebody – the guy I was sitting next to last this past Saturday, he said that they did that, that they decided not to renew Satterfield or Atkins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's his Marcus Satterfield's contract is up into the season. Yeah. And if they haven't done anything about it by now, I don't think they will. To be honest with you. So I think this is basically Satterfield's last hurrah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, we, we just keep saying week after week, like you know, this is, uh, this is big for his future. This is, you know, his future's. I mean, we'd have to literally, I think, average forty points per game the rest of the way out to save his job. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. But uh... well, Robbie. A lot of great points from you as always, my friend. I appreciate you calling in. I'm I'm eager to hear your prediction tomorrow. Oh, oh, trust me. And 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 it's probably going to tick my mom off. Okay, just a heads up. So that should tell you very easily what my prediction is probably going to be. Because whenever because uh, uh, Will from Dirty Myrtle he texted me earlier this week and said, "Look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Pick us to lose to Missouri." <laughs> so I'm I'm almost tempted to pick us to lose to Missouri just for that fact. Okay. But I will have my prediction for you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Have a great rest of your day. And if I don't see you this weekend, you be careful going to Cola. I appreciate that, Robbie. Hey, thank you so much, man. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, no man. problem. We'll talk soon. Great stuff from Robbie Davis, as always. What a legend. Uh, guys, we're going to jump into a quick break. On the other side, though, I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow.
Okay, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Excuse me. Question here. This weekend is obviously the Halloween weekend game, if you will. Are you guys big Halloween people? Like, like, do people wear, like, costumes to these games? Like, I don't know. Savage, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, Chris. How are you? I am doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Well, it was a big win against uh, Texas A&M, and I feel so much good right now. And I had so much off of that. We have, we have, we have win so much. Four, six, four wins this football season. It's been a good, um, good um, game for us. And we accomplished that. We beat them, and we're going to beat them more till, you know, till um, this weekend against um, Missouri. What do you think? I mean, that was a huge win, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, to beat Texas A&M for the first time in school history, and to keep the momentum going, four straight wins, and now you're five and two. You're renting the top twenty-five, I and mean, it's it's. Again, it's a testament to what Shane Beamer and this and this staff and everybody in that building have built with the program, and and uh, you know it's 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 happening in some unique ways, I guess you could say to this point. But the bottom line is, South Carolina is finding a way to win close games. Uh, you know, that's that's it. So um, you just hope that can continue. I mean, obviously, again, I think it's pretty simple right now. You know, with this football team, the offense, we still want to see more from the offense. You'd like to continue to see the defense and special teams win their fastest of the ball game because if you win two out of three fast, you've got a good shot to win. So, um, offensively is where all eyes will be, I think, in this game against Mizzou. And but the bottom line is this: just keep winning, just find a way to win, ride this positive mojo. You'll have a sellout crowd behind you, and and uh, would be huge, man, to punch bowl eligibility before you even get to November. Yeah, exactly. And I hope you keep winning and winning against them all this season. But I know Tennessee. And all the the four the four the four seasons away against uh Crimson and I know they're gonna be rough on us, but I know we're gonna keep trying, trying, trying to defend ourselves against our team and getting everything right in order to give more successful that as BMO and all the team are going to be epic of them. Thank God they got the job. they got the um top um top twenty five this year and I'm so blessed. I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's cool. I mean, it, it's, you know, it just shows your, I mean, as Shane Beamer said, I thought he put it beautifully. Um, you know, it shows that your program's heading in the right direction. I mean, it's far from the ultimate goal, just being big 25th, but it does show um, you're heading in the right direction, right? For sure. So, um, you know, again, I'm happy. I'm a static man. I'm, I'm, I'm giddy. I, I'm not looking, I'm not looking past this game though. It's a pivotal game. I mean, I literally, like I said, labeled it as the most important game of the season. And maybe that changes a little bit, right? I, I, not for me, though. I, I still believe it's the most important game of the year. I, I just think, again, you've got this positive momentum. If you lose, it doesn't mean you're not going to go to a bowl game. But, man, you will really be squandering momentum. You know, you've won four in a row. You're at home. You're playing good football for the most part. And Mizzou is not some right. world beater, right? They're, they're, they're not some world beater. They're not. So, you know, great opportunity. I just – I think it's one you need to have, man. 
And you've got a three-game losing streak yeah. to Mizzou that you need to snap. Bottom line. Yeah, I get, I get that. I get that you're right. And I hope that the game will be successful this weekend against Mizzou. And next week, we're going to beat Vanderbilt. I cannot wait to see them. They will lose once again. And um, I think it's going to be a mission, a accomplishment for every uh, opportunity of the fans out there who is going for me, me fans out there who is gaining everything that's all up and tight and white. And I am just so excited for this moment, for this weekend to come with a successful fans as they got a I got they got a big plan for everybody to win against Missouri. Mm. Yeah, and I, and I feel confident. Again, I'll drop my prediction on Friday, Savage, but I, I do feel confident, you know, again, at home. You expect to win. You, you expect to win, and you should expect to win. Absolutely, you should expect to win. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel confident too. But before I, before I, before I go, because I got a lot of stuff to do, so I'm going to call you um, – just call you Friday to talk about Missouri's um, game this weekend. Is that cool with you? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, call in whenever you like. All right. All right. I appreciate the call. Yeah, Thank Savage, so I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for calling in. Really, really good stuff. Uh, we got a couple of texts here. Let's jump into these texts. Let's see. Uh, it says from Alex. He says, when we go to look for a new OC, what type of scheme would you like to see us run? I think something up-tempo. Um, up-tempo, aggressive Something where a quarterback can flourish. Simple. 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 Uh, Will Buckner says, granted, situational play calling hasn't been good, but what are your thoughts on adding some sort of on-off tempo to our pro-style approach? Literally what I just said. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love the tempo. I like playing fast. I understand that... I understand that when it doesn't work, obviously it, it can backfire... It can backfire, you know, in a in a very poor way because you're giving the ball back so quickly. But, you know, I I'd like to simplify, you know, get your best players touches, have a feel, have a feel, man. Get a play caller in who has had success in big time college football that you feel like you feel confident. Because again, it's like I told you guys, um, and even right now we we can have the conversation that. This next OC just got to be the guy, um, and so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there are some folks out there. I coach Ford specifically. There's some people I think that will not be satisfied unless it's like one of like two or three specific dudes, right? If if they don't have a track record of massive success at big programs, um, you know, I, I think there's going to be people out there who are not pleased. They're not thrilled. They're not excited about the hire. Um, I mean, and I think that's important. I think having a resume is important. And I think it's more so important because this isn't the hire to, to roll the dice. You know what I mean? This isn't higher. This isn't the hire to, to take a risk. Like you need to get this one. You need to get this one, right? You absolutely need to get this one, right? You have to, you have to. So, uh, because to win big here, you're going to have to be dynamic offensively. You're going to. You have to be. So, um, let's see. Anyways, guys, phone lines are open. Would love to hear from you here on this Wednesday. Again, guys, thank you all so much for the love and support on the merchandise side of the business. I spent all morning <laughs> packaging Beamer Ball towels, getting these out to you guys. 
Um, man, I mean, the love and sports felt on this team, man. We've had basically 100 orders. Yeah, we've had over 100 orders since Saturday. And, uh, yes, it's confirmed winning is good for the business. <laughs> winning is good for all things, everything. Winning makes everything better. Uh, let's see. Happy says, Mizzou's defense has been their strength, so their defense will show up. Their offense, on the other hand, has not been capable of putting up points. Uh, not at least enough to beat the Gamecocks. Yeah, I, th I think South Carolina's defense, you got to feel confident going in this game, right? You, you should be able to have yet another uh, really positive outcome. And it's interesting, this might be, this might be a situation where, you know, can your defense carry you to victory, right? Can your defense carry you? I mean, maybe they can. Maybe they can. But the offense has got to pick up the slack. At some point, you're going to need them. At some point, you're going to need the offense to pick up the slack. Um, and it might be this game. It might be this game. So, James Kendall makes the point, too. The fan base is sick of having a competent OCs. Yeah, it's, it's – I mean, it's just the, the must-champ tenure just <laughs> left its mark. Put it that way. Left its mark on, on this fan base. And, again, I – I can't blame you. Can't blame you. So, again, though, I, I I don't know what it is. I don't know why I feel this way. I, I do feel, and you look at Spencer Rattler and his numbers, and, and they're abysmal, but I, I do feel like he played, I do feel like he played his best game of the season against Texas A&M. And I think he's close. I think Spencer Rattler's close to having that Spencer Rattler type of game that uh, I, I said he would have. Um that I said he would have over the course of the preseason. So, needs help, though. Needs help. You know, receivers didn't make his life easy on Saturday. So, uh, Lady Bree says, have traffic court today. Hope y'all don't miss me too much. There's Lady Bree. I was wondering where you were, Lady Bree. Uh, let's see. Tommy Wallace, it'll be hard for me to make an OC change if we have a lot of success down the stretch. We will see. And, yeah, listen, I, I talked to that today on the podcast, which, by the way, go check it out with Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South. And he was talking about, you know, if you go eight and four, right? If you find a way to go eight and four, is Shane Beamer going to pull the trigger? I, I just, again, if, if this season continues the way it's, it's going, which, I mean, guys, I, I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful that, you know, the, November, this – this offense has a breakout in November. But realistically, you kind of are what you are. I, I, I don't see you being anything other than what you've been to this point most likely. I'm not saying you can't be a little bit better, but I don't think all of a sudden you're going to turn into Tennessee, right? And I, So I think if Spencer Rattler stays on pace to have the type of season that he's probably going to have, I don't know how you bring Satterfield back. I, I, I just, I, I just, I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. And I'm not saying that Shane Beamer makes changes or or, or or does anything because of the what the fan base feels like. You know, it doesn't matter really what's funny about it. It doesn't matter how much we kick and scream and bitch and moan on social media. I highly doubt that Shane Beamer is sitting there in the Facebook comments or on Twitter or on Instagram and saying, oh, well, uh, this guy says I need to change my OC. Well, <laughs> No, duh. He knows what he's talking about. I don't think that's how Shane Beamer is operating, but the overall feeling and the mood amongst Gamecock Nation, you know, Shane Beamer's not immune to knowing what the consensus is from folks, right? 
And so I just say this too. I I feel like I feel like them not renewing the contracts coming into this year. I think that kind of tells you something, right? I, I I feel like that says something. I feel like that says something. Caden Gibson's a sack and stay at OC if someone else takes play calling duties. Caden, I, I I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Coach Ford says Satterfield's offense has shown that he's a six or seven win team annually. We will not see A&M in Florida down for long. Well, we haven't even played Florida yet, and I, I don't know what to make of A&M. I mean, I, I thought A&M was going to be a 10-win team this year, so, you know. I, I don't know. that it'll, it'll be interesting to see what Beamer does, but I, I just, like I said, for what has happened with with Rattler, I, I don't know how you, you, you don't change your OC. I, I just don't know how you don't uh, you do not do it. And James Kendall says, I'm sure this offense is keeping Shane up at night. I, I, I would agree. You know, it, it's funny how... There's some people out there, well, because this guy didn't say this in this press conference that he doesn't care. Or, like, they let – there's fans out there that let coach speak bother them so much. And it's like, dude, Shane Beamer is the captain of the ship right now. Like, like if he panics, everybody else panics. He's not going to panic. He's going to put on a brave face and give us the coach speak that we've become so accustomed to. That doesn't mean – he doesn't understand what needs to happen or what issues need to be fixed. I, I you know, I, I just don't think so. I know so. I, I know for a fact. Shane Beamer, again, is not a fool. He knows the offense has to be better. So, um, let's see. <laughs> My guy, Eric, interesting fact. Each time Lloyd has gone on Twitter and stuck up for someone, they've responded extremely well. Care to guess who he stuck up for this week? Yeah, I know. Marcus Satterfield. I I, I know. I know. No, I, I know. And and that's, you know, Eric, to your point, I, I don't know if it's going to happen this week or next week or if it will happen at all, but I, I don't know. I, there's something in my gut that tells me we are close to an offensive breakout performance. I, I I'm, And I'm not saying it'll solve all our woes, but... I, I don't know. I, I feel like we're close to that. I, I just I see some of the deep shots from this past weekend. If your receivers make plays again, I think we're having guys a totally different conversation today. So guys have got to make plays, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I you know we'll see. We'll just see. So <clears throat> guys, we are going to jump into one final break, but on the other side, I want to continue to hear from you in the final eight minutes or so. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final eight minutes or so here on the Daily Crow, taking your questions, comments, calls. Excuse me, guys. Been sneaking away to get some, some lunch. Let's see. Um, Chase, by the way, wanted me to highlight the Slayer of Queens, specifically that one. The Slayer of Queens, as he's better known as. Uh, in the Big Cock Club Discord, wanted me to highlight which Chase he is. So, Slayer of Queens, thank you, sir, for commenting. Appreciate you, my guy. 
We have a lot of chases, and we got a lot of Travises, bro. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why specifically that's the case, but we got a lot of both. Uh, speaking of, Travi says, do you think, or do we think Sack can change his coaching method to suit Spencer more? He just seems handcuffed out there and also has terrible luck. Our guys are dropping catchable balls, which ultimately falls on the quarterback. Just a thought. Let me ask you this, Travi. How hopeful and optimistic are you <laughs> that Marcus Satterfield's going to change? Like, I, I, until it happens, I'm, I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm, I'm over having the same combo week after week. Like, I, I think Sad is who he is. I think Sat is who he is. So, I, I just, until proven otherwise, he is who he is. That's it. So, Thomas Walker says, starting to feel like Satterfield Muschamp got the degrees from the same school of quote-unquote genius. He says, also, why did Beamer not step in and say, whoa, 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 on three straight pass plays in the five? That's a good question. That's that's a, that's a very, Thomas, that's, that's a very good question. I think... And again, I'm I'm speaking from my vantage point. This could be wrong. I think Beamer is a coach that lets his coordinators do their thing, right? I I, I think so. But yeah, I, that that would have been a good time to intervene. Eh? Uh, Cameron, what's up, man? Cameron, appreciate you tuning in. Let's see. Uh, Tommy Wallace, if Satterfield returns in the season, we will surely be happy because it would mean we were overly successful. You know, I mean, Tommy, you say that, but I mean, I, I think I think we could go eight and four without the offense even remotely meeting their potential, which is crazy when you think about it. I mean, it's it's when you think about guys, when you think about the offense, like think about this. Think about this. What would you have said if I told you that the Gamecocks are going to be 5-2, and two, ranked 25th, favored against Missouri, just beat Kentucky and A&M back-to-back, won four in a row. All of that, all while Spencer Rattler has five touchdowns and eight interceptions. You would have said I was crazy. Like, like what would you have thought? If I would have told you, hey, through seven games, Spencer Rattler's going to have five touchdown passes to eight interceptions. You would have said three and three, best case scenario. So the fact Carolina's five and two is pretty wild. It's pretty wild. I mean, it truly is beamer ball to the moon. When you factor in just how much of a factor it's played. Luke RJ says, bring it back to the uniform questions. Will we ever wear garnet, garnet white? Mizzou having black is one of their colors. I really think we need to bring the garnet uniforms in this game and not black. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we will, Luke RJ. I don't know. Yeah, Coach Ford, beamer ball to the moon indeed, my friend. Let's see. 
James says, I would have said that Luke Doty has started since the Georgia game. That's a very good point, actually. That is a very, very, very good point. Very good point. Travis says, it's wild. We have to take it. Do we take pretty stats and a loss or ugly stats? And win? Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd much rather win ugly. I'd much rather be having these conversations after victories. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I want to believe that, and, and, and let me make it clear, by the way, I haven't called for, I haven't technically called for Sat's job yet. Right, the Kentucky game for me was the game I went into. Said, "Hey, if you lose and the offense is to blame, I'll be done." So maybe the maybe Beamer Ball and, and maybe the defense has bailed out Sat in regards to me calling for his job. But, but guys, I, I just obviously, man, I, I refuse to be the guy that you know what I mean that that calls for people's jobs after we're winning. Like I just, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm enjoying the victory. I don't give a damn how they come. Winning is fun. Winning is fun. I'm going to enjoy the winning. So, it's Beamer ball to the freaking moon. So, but the offense has got to pick up the slack. So, Coach Ford being happy about wins and objective about the long-term viability of this team are very different ideas. And that's fine, Coach Ford, but I will not let my objective uh, objectivity deter my happiness I, I just I won't do it so um but Tommy I, I'll say this to your point about sat he says are you saying sat tells a chance I just I, I don't think sat's gonna change and so to that point I think it will be in the best interest to move on from Marcus Satterfield after the season I I, I do I do I mean, again, just look at Spencer Rattler's numbers, guys. It, it's it's sickening. It's sickening. It's sickening. As fans, you probably shouldn't care, right? Because we're winning. Who cares? We're winning. The goal is to win. Doesn't matter how you do it. As a fan, let's, you just we just want to pull for a winner. That's it. We don't really care about the details. But I think if you're Beamer and you're looking at this football team and you're making the best possible moves for your team, for the future of your program, I think you know where you have to start. I, just my opinion. Again, that's that's not to be negative. That's just reality. You know, you, you got to make tough decisions. Because it's really not about winning seven this year. It's about being able to compete for SEC titles in three or four years. That's what it's about. Do you have the pieces in place, the best possible pieces to do that. So, Anyways, anyways, but maybe that breakout game's coming. Maybe it's coming. Guys, it's at 2 o'clock. I tell you what, these shows have been flying by lately, and it's all because of you guys. You guys make this fun, the interaction, the banter, the calls. I truly do appreciate it. also want to say thank you to Anthony Treesh for taking the time to chat today, guys. Be sure to go check out the podcast that dropped this morning, episode 719 uh, my full thoughts on what Shane had to say yesterday. Of course, our best bet dropped this morning, as well as the SEC gambling picks for a packed Week 9 slate and 
Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South joined me to talk South Carolina, uh, the game that was against A&M this weekend upcoming, uh, and SEC football, everything in between as well. Guys, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.